Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. First of all, I want our call screener, Jen, tonight to leave a couple lines open for all you liberals who think the president should be impeached. And the question to you liberals who think the president should be impeached is very specific with respect to all this Ukraine stuff. What is the impeachable offense? What are you accusing the president of exactly? And based on whose testimony think it through what should the president be impeached for and based on whose testimony high crimes and misdemeanors treason or bribery that's the test one more time third time liberals out there what should the president be impeached for and based on whose testimony or what evidence even more broadly all right? So, Jen, leave two lines open. That's 877-381-3811. Now, Mr. Schiff has released... Mr. Schiff has released what? He has released testimony, we're told. Transcripts of testimony, correct? Well, actually, he's released two things. He's releasing cliff notes with talking points, as our friend Joel Pollack notes... And the transcript, which is much more difficult to download. And they didn't make it easy to download. And so the cliff notes, the talking points being released, along with the longer, substantial transcripts, it appears that most of the media are ignoring the longer, substantial transcripts, or going back to them based on what the cliff notes are telling them. Hence, these bizarre headlines. Blockbuster, quid pro quo, says this ambassador or that ambassador. Now the first three witnesses that Mr. Schiff wants to call for the public hearings next week, William Taylor, bureaucrat, George Kent, bureaucrat, Marie Yovanovitch, bureaucrat, now, George uh, Marie Yovanovitch worked a very, very long time at the State Department and was an Obama holdover who finally was forced out of her job as ambassador to Ukraine. She's very upset about that, apparently. William Taylor has no direct evidence of anything. Nothing. Never spoke to the President of the United States. Ever. Same with George Kent. Same with George Kent. 
And keep in mind, so far, these are all witnesses that have been called by Schiff and the Democrats, not one by the Republicans. Now, today is Wednesday, by my calculation. Am I right about that, Mr. Producer? So under the resolution passed by the House the other day, that is, all Democrats but two and no Republicans, which abandoned the Johnson-Nixon-Clinton processes, the Republicans have to provide Mr. Schiff 72 hours in advance of a hearing, three days in advance of a hearing for my liberal friends, a, quote, detailed explanation, unquote, for witnesses they wish to be called. Which means they have until Saturday, perhaps Sunday, to provide Mr. Schiff with the list of witnesses. I can think of several. Starting with Hunter Biden. You know, there was a time when the Democrats and the media kept pointing to the transcript that the president released. Look at this! Oh my God here! They mentioned the Bidens! And what does he say about the Bidens, the president? The president of Ukraine might want to look into this. It's not tied to anything. It's not tied to anything. He also says, do us a favor earlier on in the discussion. I want you to take a look at this 2016 campaign and work with, work with whom? My attorney general, the U.S. attorney out of Connecticut, who are conducting a formal, publicly known criminal investigation. What took place in 2016? Democrats used to want to know about that. They pushed for the appointment of a special counsel. Now they don't want to know anything. Well, we've got to ask Ukraine for help because the Ukrainian regime was working with Hillary Clinton, the DNC, and the Obama administration, specifically the Department of State. Hillary. So, Hunter Biden's name came up. And since the Democrats are very upset that Hunter Biden's name was even uttered by the President of the United States, based on public information, I might add, in Politico and the New York Times and so forth, we need to hear from Hunter Biden. They had no hesitation, the Democrats, in calling Donald Trump Jr. repeatedly for hearings. Jared Kushner repeatedly for hearings. I see no reason why Hunter Biden should escape scrutiny by the American people. What of the so-called whistleblower? What of the so-called whistleblower? Now we've offered the so-called whistleblower and his lawyers an opportunity to come on the program and deny that the so-called whistleblower is in fact the so-called whistleblower. But they've apparently not been interested. That would be Eric Chiramella. Chiramella. Eric, C-I-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-A. Now Donald Trump Jr. is being attacked today by the media for tweeting out the guy's name. Ladies and gentlemen, the guy's name has been out there. There's a great article, October 30, 2019, I told you about. It's about a week ago. It was put out by Paul Sperry, Real Clear Investigations. I read virtually the entire article on the air last week. Here on my radio program. This is why I love radio. There's no limits on what I can do here. Really none. 
TV is a little different. Radio, not so. There's a lot of questions about the so-called whistleblower. And if he's not the so-called whistleblower, again, he should come on the program and deny it. And so should his lawyers. But they won't. They've said publicly today, we're not going to play that game. Of course they're not, are they? He's not only a Democrat, Jake Tapper. He's an activist. He not only was a holdover from the Obama administration, he was tight with Joe Biden. He also worked for former CIA Director John Brennan, a reprobate, who attacks Trump every minute he gets, and in my view, has an invisible hand behind much of what's been taking place. And he left the National Security Council in the Trump White House in mid-2017, amid concerns, the report says, about negative leaks to the media. And he's since returned to the CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia. He was accused of working against Trump and leaking against Trump, the article says. And he huddled for guidance with the staff of the House Intelligence Committee chairman, Adam Schiff's staff, including former colleagues who were also holdovers, Obama holdovers, in the Trump NSC, two in particular. So I think this guy, Charamella, should be called. And I know there are Republicans, particularly in the Senate, about a half a dozen of them who have gone out publicly and said, no, 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 Rand Paul's wrong. Rand Paul, no, we should not name the individual. Well, let me say this as a former Rand Paul critic when it comes to foreign policy. Rand Paul could not be more correct about this. Give credit where credit is due. And I stand with Rand Paul on this. 100%. Because he's right. And as I told you the other day, if Eric Charamella, if that is his name, and if he is the whistleblower, is subpoenaed to give testimony, the whole house of cards will fall. Why did he use the whistleblower statute to file a complaint? Because, ladies and gentlemen, they thought ahead. His phony lawyers, the phony staffers at the House Intelligence Committee, the phony Adam Schiff, the phony media. But you see, his advisors gave him guidance. And the guidance was, I'm sure, use the whistleblower statute. That way we can at least argue that your identity should not be public. Which means your clandestine activity to undermine Trump, to work with our committee, and to do what you've done will be much more difficult to reveal to the American people. See, this is all about concealing information from you. And you see this gentleman, so-called, invited Alexandra Chalupa, Alexandra Chalupa, to the White House. Now, who's Alexandra Chalupa? The Ukrainian-American who supported Hillary Clinton, a DNC operative. She's the one who's mentioned in the January 2017 prominently article in Politico by Kenneth Vogel, liberal, quasi-journalist. It was Alexandra Chalupa who was a go-between between the corrupt Ukrainian government, Hillary, Clinton campaign, the DNC, and the corrupt Obama administration and State Department. And you see the three witnesses at the list from the State Department. You do not defy the State Department. Certainly not the bureaucrats there. You do not go around them, ladies and gentlemen. 
the President of the United States, as I said extensive comments last night. You see, it's the President who's gone rogue. It's the President who's using irregular channels. It doesn't matter if he's the executive branch. It doesn't matter if he sets foreign policy. It doesn't matter if he's elected by the American people. Marie Yovanovitch decided he was wrong. George Kent decided he was wrong. William Taylor decided he was wrong. And so it is, ladies and gentlemen. A problem, as you can see. Oh, yes. So she should be called to testify as well, don't you think? I'm giving the Republicans some ideas here. I hope they'll act on them. Now, there's a gentleman by the name of Lieutenant Colonel Hickman. Remember him, Mr. Producer? He has tweeted publicly he's a retired Lieutenant Colonel. He used to wear the uniform, too, proudly. He served the nation proudly, in a combat zone proudly. But you see, he knows Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Ooh, you're not allowed to question that, Lieutenant Colonel. But we know about this, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Because Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, according to Lieutenant Colonel Hickman, was degrading American soldiers in America to Russian soldiers. He was talking up Obama, trashing his own country to the enemy. So much so that one Lieutenant Colonel had to pull another Lieutenant Colonel aside and tell him to cut it out. I would love to hear his testimony, wouldn't you, ladies and gentlemen? And perhaps, just an idea outside the box, we can get the president of Ukraine himself not to appear for testimony. No, 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 no. Why degrade yourself in front of Adam Schiff and the other mobsters on his committee? No. But how about a written statement by the president of Ukraine, whether he felt pressured, he'll say no. Whether he's aware of a quid pro quo, he's not. Whether he thought anything untoward took place, he didn't. Oh, that would be cool. I think it would. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice. A series of choices, guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C., Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. By the way, as an aside, CNN and 
Dan Abrams founded website. Dan Abrams, the analyst, the legal analyst over at ABC News, a hack. They keep asking voters uh, if they'd still vote for Trump if he shot someone. But Trump didn't shoot anyone. Let me ask you left-wing Democrats a question. Tell me, if there'd been a senator who drove a car off a bridge into Chappaquiddick Canal, and a young woman died, and the senator left her there to drown, and then swam away and lied about it, would you still think he was the lion of the Senate? Would you still support old Ted Kennedy? Of course you didn't. Of course you would. So you ask a fictional question of Trump supporters, and I ask you a truthful question of Ted Kennedy's supporters and his ilk, the hard left in this country. You backed a man who was involved in the death of a woman under very shady circumstances and left the scene of an accident. Well, you keep asking Trump supporters if you'd support Trump if he shot somebody. Because you're a bunch of fools and clowns. Fraud media. Oh, mediaite. With the leading legal analyst is in charge, you see. And then we have this from Sean Davis at the Federalist, fantastic site. Our buddy Brian at the Right Scoop, fantastic site. Doing real work that the unfree press won't do. These lawyers, and this lawyer in particular, Mark Zaid, Z-A-I-D, have been working very hard with their media pals to present themselves as nonpartisan. Just technocrat lawyers who are out to protect America and whistleblowers. And they've attacked yours truly. And they went to one of their favorite phony fact-checking organizations, PolitiFact, which is part of Pointner Journalism, which is a left-wing outfit. So PolitiFact says, oh, Mark Levin's comments are largely false when he accuses these people of being anti-Trump and partisan. Whistleblower attorney Mark Zaid is on record saying, we will get rid of Trump. One of the attorneys for the so-called whistleblowers on record back in 2017 saying we will get rid of him, referring to Trump. Oh my goodness. The tweet hasn't been deleted yet. To get a fuller understanding of the content, here's the entire tweet thread. Since January 20th, wrote Zaid, I would much rather be in Canada. What a great country. We'll be great again when Donald Trump leaves. My goodness, Mark Zaid? Very scary. We will get rid of him. And this country's strong enough to survive. Even him and his supporters. We have to. You jackass. Running around for six weeks pretending you're someone you're not. Covering up for a whistleblower who's not a whistleblower. You're an enema of the state. I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, 
mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers in Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit inprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's inprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. The liberals and the Republicans don't like him, but America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. Well, let's look at this a little bit more on the organization, that is the lawyers, who represent the rogue, Democrat, partisan, Biden-supporting, oh yes, Brennan-supporting, Obama-supporting CIA operative. Let's look at these lawyers a little bit more closely. Our friend... Oh, and he's a good man. Aaron Klein over at Breitbart. The law firm representing the so-called whistleblower at the center of the impeachment movement, targeting President Trump as well as multiple other anti-Trump whistleblowers, was so desperate to find Trump administration informants that they previously offered those who come forward discounted pricing for legal representation. I'm sure PolitiFact looked into this. They get four Pinocchios. A search of the Twitter account of the law firm's founder and managing partner, Andrew Bakage, finds rabid anti-Trump posts, such as repeated advocacy for Trump cabinet members to invoke the 25th Amendment of the Constitution over claimed competency issues. This guy's linked to Schumer and Clinton. The amendment offers a path for the commander-in-chief's removal if the, quote, president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, unquote. Bakage founded the Compass Rose Legal Group, which is representing the central so-called whistleblower on the matter of Trump's phone call with the Ukrainian president. Bakaj previously interned for Hillary Clinton and did work for other Democrats. On Sunday, Bakaj confirmed that his law firm is representing, quote, multiple whistleblowers in connection to the underlying August 12, 2019 disclosure to the Intelligence Community Inspector General, unquote. No further comment at this time, he added. Mark Zaid. Senior counsel with the Compass Rose Legal Group said on Sunday that his firm is representing a second so-called whistleblower in the Ukraine case. On February 15, 2017, toward the start of Trump's presidency, Bakaj and the firm each tweeted about discounted pricing for potential Trump administration informants. There it is, right there on the Internet. The Internet doesn't lie. Given the seriousness of the situation, the CLG law firm will drop rates for IC plus White House staff contemplating disclosures. Lawyer up, they wrote. The same year, Zaid, Bakaj's partner at the firm, co-founded Whistleblower Aid, a small nonprofit that blasted advertisements around Washington, actively seeking whistleblowers during the Trump administration. On Twitter, Bakaj appealed for potential Trump-era whistleblowers to come forward. If you're having security clearance issues, a whistleblower, or under investigation, now's the time not to go it alone. Seek counsel. In other words, they're ambulance chasers, too. Your loyalty is to the Constitution, not to an individual, Bakaj, and the law firm told U.S. government clients. 
Look at this. Tweet after tweet from this twerp, Bakash. And then there's the Mark Zaid. Well available to help anyone who wants to go that route. Brad Moss Esquire, Andrew Bakash at First Amendment works very well when lawyers who know how to weaponize it do so legally to protect whistleblowers. My goodness. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why the so-called whistleblower must testify. The whole damn house of cards will come down. Well, we have enough now. Uh, we don't really need the whistleblower. I mean, we got all these bureaucrats telling us what took place. You know, we don't need the whistleblower. The whistleblower? No, we need the so-called whistleblower. And any Republican who stands in the way, like Chuck Grassley or others, and I'll get to them in a moment, you're a disgrace. And I don't want to hear from that idiot in your office either. You misunderstood this. I don't misunderstand anything. I'm not of Capitol Hill. Meanwhile, missing from the avalanche of news media coverage about the so-called whistleblower clients, about Kaj and Zaid, is that at the beginning of Trump's presidency, Zaid co-founded this whistleblower aid. The group is heavily tied to far-left activist organization and democratic politics, which is why the media are protecting them. And PolitiFact is lying about them. In his Twitter profile, Zaid describes himself as nonpartisan attorney, handling cases involving national security, security clearances. My God, we've even represented Republicans. We even represented once the Daily Caller Foundation. Who cares? You are what you are. Missing from Zaid's Twitter profile is that he co-founded this whistleblower aid. It's not mentioned in his bio on his attorney website. This even though Whistleblower Aid has been actively helping the first whistleblower, also being represented by Zaid, by setting up a GoFundMe page seeking to raise funds for the purported whistleblower's defense. They've already raised $210,000 with a goal of raising $300,000. And this Whistleblower Aid was founded in September 2017 in the wake of Trump's presidency to encourage government whistleblowers to come forward. I'm challenging PolitiFact of this rotten, lousy pointner operation to now correct the article that it put out four weeks ago. Correct it. And the article goes on and on, ladies and gentlemen. Far left ties, Democrat links. Zay doubles as executive director and founder of the James Madison Project, which says it seeks to promote government accountability. The project on its four-person advisory board, John Podesta, who led Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign, served as chief of staff to Bill Clinton, founded the Soros-funded Center for American Progress, whistleblower, aid co-founder, Ty himself as a whistleblower, former State Department official, went public in 2014 about his U.S. government electronic surveillance process, and on and on and on. What a sleaze operation. But they have the press in their back pocket, the unfree press. The lawyers, the so-called whistleblower. You know, the so-called whistleblower met with one or both of his former left-wing NSC Obama holdover colleagues to get guidance on what to do about Trump and the phone call. The phone call he never heard. Oh! So I suppose they told him, go see these lawyers, wrap yourself in the whistleblower statute. That way we'll all be protected, including our boss, including the head mobster. Adam Schiff, sleazy, good-for-nothing political hack from Los Angeles. 
That way, we'll use you and your complaint, which of course the lawyers helped write, and I knew that from day one. We'll use you without making you public, and we'll have Democrats, and we'll even have some Republicans waving around the Whistleblower Act. The hell with the Constitution. The hell with the impeachment clause. The hell with the American people. We'll get what we want. We'll protect you while using what we and you have concocted against the president. This is why on day one I insisted we want to know everything there is to know about this so-called whistleblower, his lawyers, his contacts on Capitol Hill, in the media, with the Ukrainian government, with the DNC, with the Hillary Clinton campaign, with Brennan, with whom he may have shared classified information in part or whole, verbally or in writing. We need to know a hell of a lot about this person because he seeks to bring down an elected president, our government. He doesn't get protection. Since when do they get to use the whistleblower statute in an impeachment proceeding, for God's sakes? And yet, there are some Republicans who are coming to his defense and attacking Rand Paul. And I stand with Rand Paul on this, right with him. Go get him, baby, I'm with you. We have a right to know. This government's about we the people. Not a phony whistleblower, phony lawyers, phony staffers on Capitol Hill, and a phony congressman. Did I mention a phony press? No, no, no. Don't worry, I'll get to the elections like nobody else can. One thing at a time. We've got a few hours here. I really need today like 9 or 10 or 11 hours, but here we are. We're going to talk a little bit about media matters, too. Who is funding them and why the Hollywood Reporter and other media outlets regurgitate what are fed to them. I wonder why that is. About moi, me, little old me. Well, we can't have that. All right, let's see some of the people who want to impeach the president and what their basis is. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, who, who is it? Number, what, what are the numbers again? Somebody? What are the numbers again up there? Paul, Los Angeles, California, on the Mark Levin app. We should impeach the president for abuse of power. Is that correct, sir? Yes. And how so? Because he was, inter- he was uh, uh, abusing his power and subverting the I world. don't use the same words to describe the same words. I asked you, how did he abuse his power? By subverting the will of Congress to his own personal end. The President of the United States is not required to comply with the will of Congress. You may not be aware of this. We have three branches of government. Now, what is the will of Congress? What are you talking about? Well, you know that under Article... If I knew, I wouldn't ask you. What is the will of Congress that the President is subverting? I'm just curious. Congress is authorized under Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution to provide, they are authorized to provide foreign aid where they see fit. And they did. And the President of the United States is free, as every president has been free, to condition that aid on certain types of activities. See, he's the commander in chief. He's in charge of American foreign policy. Do you know Barack Obama did that with Israel? Do you know Barack Obama did that with Ukraine? He did. Oh, my God. He did. I can't believe it. We should have impeached Barack Obama, Paul. Do you know every president in American history has done this? The issue is that he did it to benefit himself politically. No, he didn't. How so? You know it. Stop raising your voice, twerp. I'm not one of your family members sitting at the dinner table. 
I'm at, don't tell me what I know. I'm trying to figure out what you know, which is quite little. I asked you a question. How did he do that? He did it. Get off the phone, you idiot. You don't even know what you're talking about. Which kind of proves the point. And he votes. And he votes. Let's continue, shall we? Drew, Bay County, Florida, the great W-Y-O-O. How may I help you, sir? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. I would of like course. to continue his, his comment. And he did do this for his own political opportunity. He did do what? He held the Ukrainians responsible for not getting any kind of military aid that was appropriated by Congress. They got military aid. What are you talking about? Um, they, they eventually did. You're right. Yes, sir. However, what he did was he made it a condition. and even he's, the, allowed, even he's allowed to make a condition. The President of the United States is not required to send hundreds of millions of dollars to a regime that has blown hundreds of millions of dollars in the past. As I told the prior caller, Barack Obama withheld funds from Israel. You have Democrats talking about withholding funds from Israel. The funds are appropriated unless Israel does what they're told. This happens all over the world. It's been done by past presidents. We don't, uh, we're not just a bank. The president's not just a banker and a pass-through. He runs foreign policy. The caveat to that is that foreign policy is to benefit the United States. And, and it does re- benefit the United States. We want to know what happened in the 2016 election, don't you? Of course we do. But the transcripts that he has, which are summaries, and the statements of all of the witnesses... Well, sir, the transcripts, which are summaries, do you have a recording that you would like to share with us? No, I'm giving you the summaries of the... Are you, are you, are you, I'm, we're talking about the president, not the witnesses. I thought you were talking about the president abused power. Well, to support an impeachment, I don't think he'll be drummed out Which, which witness are you talking about? I didn't ask you that either. Stay focused. I yes, know sir. it's tough. What <laughs> it is, is it that William Taylor said that impresses you? William Taylor? Yes. Well, you said the witnesses. That, there is a quid pro quo. No, no, no. William Taylor never spoke to the president. He has no firsthand knowledge of anything. What do you mean there is a quid pro quo? Let's talk about Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Let's talk about Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. What does he know? He listened. He listened. So did he others. That transcript is the consensus position of a lot of people who monitored that phone call, not just the Lieutenant Colonel. What I'd like to pose is we use the term summary because it's not a transcript. Sir, Everyone- one more time. Do we have any summaries of presidential phone calls with any other leaders, any other presidents in modern American history? I think it's transparent. Answer my question, yes or no. I agree. Answer is no. Now, that's number one. Number two, we do not have word-for-word transcripts in these because that's not the way it works. Didn't start with Trump that way. So this is the consensus position. But you choose to back Vindman because he hates Trump, because he's pro-Obama, because the other lieutenant colonel said that he was uh, attacking American soldiers right in front of the Russians. That doesn't bother you, though, does it? No, it does bother here, me. Here is the problem, Drew. That lieutenant colonel has not been effectively cross-examined by presidential counsel. For instance, I'm just raising a few questions. You're taking verbatim what's been fed to you, but this guy has not been effectively questioned, even if he's 100% right. What's the abuse of power? Anything. Human beings are not Listen to me. Even if he's 100% right, what's the abuse of power? The abuse of power is very simple. The president used his position to forward his own political future. How so? How so? That's not what the transcript says. Why would the Biden 
being the Biden name came up. It had absolutely nothing to do with any kind of aid, which is why you have to rely on this colonel who's gone outside what the what the uh, transcript says that the uh, group taking the notes, monitoring the uh, the telephone call said. That's why you all have to rely on the opinions of other people rather than the direct factual evidence. So you have no reason to impeach the president. I'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. You're going to learn a lot about some of these elections last night, so stay with us. But I'm not done having too much fun. Great piece by Kerry Pickett and Rob Crilly over there at the Washington Examiner. I'm telling you, there's some press in this country that acts like they're the Russian Pravda. You know the numbers. You know the letters. MSLSD, CNN, and the rest of the pukes. Vinman and Whistleblower still work together on U.S. policy toward Ukraine. Oh, I wonder if Paul in Los Angeles cares. Alexander Vinman, the Army Lieutenant Colonel and Ukraine Director on the National Security Council, who testified on Capitol Hill, works with the so-called whistleblower who filed a complaint against the President. Washington Examiner's established that he's a career CIA analyst who is detailed by the NSC, excuse me, to the NSC, at the White House during the Obama administration and left during the first year of the Trump administration. Now the Washington Examiner has confirmed that the whistleblower continues to work within the U.S. intelligence community on Ukraine and related regional issues. Her point is, their point is, you actually have this phony whistleblower working with this Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, who's on the National Security Council, still, still, against the President of the United States, where they're taking up the cause of a foreign country. That's the real scandal. I'll be back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. This is our two, our number, 877-381-3811, Lots and lots of sleaze up there on Capitol Hill and Washington and their media. Do you know that in Kentucky, the Commonwealth of Kentucky, an African-American was elected statewide for the first time to Attorney General? An African-American. Now, why isn't this being reported all over the media? Isn't this fantastic? This is a great thing. Oh, and did I mention he's a Republican? Oh, and did I mention he's a Trump supporter? Did Mr. Deliverance Banjo Playing Puke, Joe Scarborough, did he mention that today? No. He was in full stupid mode, like his sidekick, the mannequin, Mika Brzezinski, a chip off the old man's block. Too bad. How about Helter Skelter? Brian B.S. Skelter. What did he have to say? Nothing. Jake Tapper, nothing. Don Lemon, nothing. Fredo Cuomo, and I want to give credit to my buddy Chris Plant. Yep, he was the first to call him Fredo Cuomo. It's very funny, Chris. Good man. Okay, how about over there at MSLSD? Any of the very, very white hosts over there mention that the first African-American elected statewide in Kentucky is a Republican and a Trump supporter? No. See, Trump's a racist. You can't, uh, no, you're going to ruin our narrative here. You can't have that. You can't, you can't say that. His backers are racist, they're white supremacists. Wait a minute. I said the first statewide elected African-American in Kentucky was elected last night. A Republican and a full-throated Trump supporter. How do you like that? How do you like that? Now I know they're still wishing that left-wing kook African-American who was running for governor in Florida had won. Oh, the election was stolen from him. Or the left-wing kook, African-American woman running for governor in Georgia had won. Oh, the election was stolen from her. But here we have an African-American Republican Trump supporter who actually won, and they don't say a damn thing. Isn't that interesting? Now, I am a big fan of Matt Bevin, the governor of Kentucky. Whatever people say. He took on very, very tough issues. And the NEA and the Kentucky Education Association went after him. And they have enormous resources. Enormous resources. And they have a massive army of precinct workers and their teachers. And they targeted him. And he came up 4,100 votes short. You know, we were monitoring this last night. 4,100 votes. And he's going to challenge us, and he should. 
because apparently some of the precincts in some of the Democrat areas stayed open. Imagine that. Finally, we have a fighter who's going to fight to the end, and I praise him for that. But there's absolutely no question that President Trump helped him in campaigning in Kentucky, and that's a good thing. What's wrong with that? That's a good thing. And people, it's like, well, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. These are the facts. Bevin had a tough race. President came in and helped. They worked as a team. And he may still win. That's a good thing. And they won the other five statewide offices in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. That's a good thing. Wow. No surprises in Mississippi. That's a good thing. And unfortunately, no real surprises in Virginia either, which is turning blue. It's turning blue because the liberal creeps in Maryland and the liberal creeps in Washington, D.C. are moving into Virginia like locusts. They destroy their own tax base, destroy their own freedom, their own Second Amendment rights. They move into a free state and they destroy that state. That's exactly what's going on. Moreover, people are coming into Virginia, relatively recent immigrants, who become citizens and vote, and they're voting overwhelmingly Democrat. Exactly what they're doing in Texas, Georgia, Florida, Nevada, Colorado, California, and every other place on this country, on the the map of this country. Just the way it is. And that's why the Democrats support open borders and oppose ICE and oppose detention centers and all the rest of it. They may look stupid and sound stupid in the Democrat Party, hard left party leaders, but they know how to get power. And our Republicans sit there with their thumbs up their nose. Well, you know, uh, uh, comprehensive immigration reform. (laughs) And so, there was one other thing that happened in the Commonwealth of Virginia that you don't know about. I, I remembered it and I did research and very early this morning I posted on it so some of our friends with other websites apparently took the same post and posted it. That's fine. Trying to spread the word here, but it's important to go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, morning, noon, and night. I am an insomniac. I'm up all the time. Working, studying, writing, researching. How the hell do you think I can do a Fox show, a Levin TV show, a radio show, and write books, and lead a life? Well, I can't go to sleep for 10 hours, I can tell you that. Anyway. I want you to listen to what liberal federal judges did to the Commonwealth of Virginia three months ago. Three months ago. Cut 14, go. A crucial decision from the Supreme Court has Democrats smiling in Virginia. Voters there will cast ballots in redrawn districts in November, and that could make it harder for Republicans to stay in power. Now, that's the headline, but Mike Valerio has a little bit more. Republicans called it a supreme disappointment, a decision today saying the GOP couldn't challenge new maps, maps for Virginia House districts that could change the course of the Commonwealth. Bottom line, there are now six districts, mostly in Richmond and Hampton Roads, that'll be easier for Democrats to win in November. That's according to the nonpartisan Virginia Public Access Project. This is at least at first a Virginia issue, but it's a Virginia issue 
that in the long term could have national implications. The problem here was racial gerrymandering. Federal court said too many black voters were packed into too few districts. But now that the redrawn districts will be used in November, Democrats have a chance to take the Virginia House and Senate, potentially resetting the state's priorities. Issues that once went nowhere, like gun control, abortion rights, and even greater access to health care, could move forward. Virginia is now center stage for a high-stakes battle, a potential shift in power that could send a message leading into the presidential primaries. One more important note here, the justices didn't say that gerrymandering itself was illegal. They only said Virginia as a state had to challenge the boundaries, not just Virginia Republicans. So All right, so say- basically the Supreme Court wouldn't take the case because of what the gentleman just said. It's not enough for the Republicans to raise it. The state has to raise it. Well, the state wouldn't raise it because the state's controlled by three sleazeballs. Two men who apparently enjoyed putting on blackface in their youth, and another man who apparently, uh, at least credibly, is accused of raping two women. That is the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the attorney general of our magnificent state of Virginia. The federal court used a left-wing expert to redraw the delicate districts in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So in addition to everything I said, I remembered this in the back of my mind, and I went in and I did the research and found the audio. It's actually video, but audio for radio. And they flipped a number of these seats. So the liberal federal courts helped flip the Virginia State Assembly. Now, have you heard that on any cable show? No. Have you read that in any newspaper? No. Have you heard that on any network news program? No. No, it's just, oh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump lots the state of Virginia. No, the state of Virginia has been unraveling now, unfortunately, for the last eight years. And I'm going to say this whether they like it or not. The Republican Party in the state of Virginia is pathetic. And getting worse by the second. Worse by the second, I said. But there's all these external factors, whether it's a federal court, whether it's mobility, people escaping their blue states, going into red states, turning them purple and then blue. This is a big problem, by the way. It really is, and it's a problem for Florida. All these left-wing kooks leave New York and New Jersey and move into Florida, and then, hey, I love it here. No income tax. Low property taxes, it's great. Who are you voting for? Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. That's what happens here. Are people escaping tyranny? Ah, tyranny. Got to get out of here. I want a job. I want this. This is what we hear, right? Come into the country and listen to the liberals and listen to the media. How are you going to vote? Democrat. They're compassionate. They believe in health care for all. College for all. All for all. No real assimilation into American values, capitalism, constitutionalism. I knew when I was in line, I told you yesterday, and I spoke to two recent immigrants, relatively recent in the last five years, both U.S. citizens. One from India. With their blue ballots. Said, we're in trouble here. Not because they're from India. 
But because the message isn't being provided, there's no assimilation into these principles and these values. They're just watching the media, the corrupt media on TV. They're listening to these socialist politicians and so forth. And it resonates and resonates and resonates. Well, if half of America feels this way, why shouldn't I? It's our fault. It's not even their fault. It's our fault. And that's what's happening. And every now and then the Democrats, including those in the media, they blurt it out. Look at this. Just remember, the Democrat Party believes in party first. That's how they get their power, just like the Communist Party, may I say, and I will say. What do you mean by that? Exactly what I said. For Republicans, it's not party first. But for Democrats, it's party first. That's why they always march in lockstep. The Republicans never do. Hey, did you see those reports? We talked to some yokels in Pennsylvania. And you know what they said? Even if Donald Trump shot somebody, they'd support him. It depends on why he shot them. How about, look at these guys. They're absolutely nuts. The same bastards in the media and in the Democrat Party who backed Ted Kennedy despite Chappaquiddick. No problem there. No problem there. And that's reality. It's not a hypothetical. I'll be right back. in. Now, I don't know what's been said on talk radio today. I'm just too busy in my other work. But did you hear about what happened in New Jersey, the Garden State? You don't find a lot of gardens in the Garden State, you know, but there you have it. It's more like the concrete state, but our friends in New Jersey. Some surprises in New Jersey, reports the New Jersey Spotlight.com. Democrats appear to have lost at least three and as many as five seats in the New Jersey legislature, including the only Senate race on the ballot. And they did not flip any of the three districts they were targeting in this year's election, which took place yesterday. With 100% of districts reporting, Republicans captured the Senate seat in the southernmost first district, as well as both assembly seats there. They also held a smaller lead in the neighboring second and a split district with a Republican senator that includes Atlantic City. That race, however, had not been called, with fewer than 800 votes separating the second and third place finishers, and mail-in and provisional ballots apparently uncounted as of midnight. Democrats were also unable to flip seats in three districts they had been targeting, although they did keep control of the assembly seats in two others considered competitive. Doug Steinhardt, chairman of the State Republican Party took a victory lap at Assembly Republican Leader James Brownick's election night party. We've done a great job as a state party, laying a foundation for the future. I'm proud of our message and our candidates statewide. So you understand that in one of the darkest of dark blue states, they picked up three and perhaps five assembly seats, and they won the only Senate seat that was up, state Senate seat that was up. Now, will the media credit Donald Trump? Hello? Hello? Not a word. Nothing. Nothing. What happened? The Republicans picked up three to five seats in the House. That's pretty much what they lost in Virginia. 
with the redistricting by the courts. Well, there was no redistricting to help Republicans in New Jersey. Wow. And the one Senate seat, the state Senate seat that was up, went Republican. Look at that. I wonder, has anybody told low IQ, mentally impaired, the morning schmo about this? No, I don't think so. And the dumb bastard broadcast from New Jersey. And many of those broadcasts out of New York have hosts who live in New Jersey who are well aware of this. And they've said nothing. Nothing about the first African-American elected statewide in Kentucky, a Trump-supporting Republican. Oh, no! No! The narrative! And three to five assembly seats in New Jersey, plus the only state Senate seat that was up, one Republican. My God! What happened? Not a word. Nothing. Oh, the unfree press. Isn't it fabulous? Don't bother listening to CNN. You won't get the news. Don't bother watching MSLSD. You won't get the news. You get opinion. Morning, noon, and night. 100%. How about the other newsrooms and cable? Have they been reporting most of this? Here and there, but nothing much. I don't know. I listen to the network news at the top of the hour here, which really sucks. And I listen to it. They were busy using the cliff notes that Adam Schiff put out with the transcripts today of the three bureaucrats who were supposed to help impeach the president. Despite the fact that the two presidents who were on the damn call said nothing happened. Well, that doesn't matter. You didn't hear from former Ambassador and Obama holdover Yovanovitch. Oh, what did Yovanovitch say? Well, you know. Does she know anything first? No, she wasn't on the call. I said early on, and I want to thank those for regurgitating it on the backbench of this marvelous industry. How do you have a quid pro quo when there's no quid and no quo? The person making the offer doesn't even know they're making the offer, and the people are accepting the offer don't even know they're accepting the offer? Well, let's stop using quid pro quo. I have a new word we can use. What is it? Extortion. It was extortion. The president tried to extort the president of Ukraine. Extortion? What are you, out of your friggin' minds? Extortion? President said, you better give me money or else? What are these clowns talking about? I'll be right back. An unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why people monitor my show. I don't monitor their shows. I do all my own work. People may send me information that's useful. They may send me information that's not useful. But I don't monitor other shows. I don't steal anything from anybody else. Same when I write my books. Same when I do my TV shows. I take pride of authorship, pride of research, pride of my own work. And I don't trust anybody else's work unless I've really scrutinized it. I don't need to steal information about our Constitution, the impeachment process, the history of impeachment from anybody else. They need to steal it from me. I don't need to analyze these elections by ripping off other hosts. They rip off me. 
I'm not, by the way, complaining. No brag, just fact here. That's why I'm so blessed to have you in the audience. I mean, really. There's four billion other things you can be doing, but here you are, and I'm very, very grateful for it. It's like the 10 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday show on Fox. Media Matters laughed, said it would fail, that it was boring. This reprobate website called Raw, Raw Stupid, boring, it's never going to work. It's the highest rated show Sunday nights on all cable. Whether it's Fox or MSNBC or CNN. So we're now going to have a tougher time slot. Better time slot, but tougher time slot. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Fox on Sundays. Right into the teeth of football. Various movies that they run on the networks and other shows and so forth. But I'm counting on you hanging with me. I'm counting on you hanging with me. It's smart TV. That's what it is. It's not stupid stuff like left-wing TV. You know, where it's not Fredo Cuomo or Donnie Lemon or Wolf Blitzer. Wolf, wake up, please. You're on air. What? Where? Where? Trump, 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 Trump. It's not the predictable media gaggle with the group think and the pack mentality all saying the same damn thing. No. It's a long-form interview. I don't even know what the guest's going to say in advance. But I want to make an open invitation. Any of the candidates running for the Democrat nomination for President of the United States are welcome on Life, Liberty, and Levin for a one-hour interview. Open invitation. Heard by millions of people. Please, we'd love to have you. Or you can come on Levin TV. Whichever you prefer. Anybody in the squad that is the anti-Semite, American-hating little, little group that runs the Democrat Party. Omar Talib. What's the rest? Ayach Presley, who I barely know anything about. You're all welcome, one at a time. Four weeks in a row. Why not come on? I'm a very nice person. You see the interviews I do. But I want to talk about Marx and Engels and Alinsky. I want to talk about socialism, Marxism, collectivism generally, versus capitalism. I want to talk about Hegel and Rousseau. I want to talk about all these things. The wage gap, quote-unquote. White supremacy, quote-unquote. Uh, all the rest of it. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm very, very interested, but they won't come on. Somebody please tell them to come on. You know, Mitt Romney won't even return our calls. Washington Post calls. He's right there. Drops everything he's doing. He's in the men's room. Drops everything he's doing. Takes the call. Axios or whatever the hell it's called, which nobody knows anything about it. Full interview. Got some, some nudnik who's following around for months, who's known him for nine years, 11 years, follows around, does an article. Nobody reads it but me. I read it on the air so you know what we're talking about. Mitt is welcome to come on the radio show or any of my TV shows. Life, Liberty, won't do it. Nah, now, wait a minute. Can't do it. 
You know what those calls are, by the way, Mr. Producer? All those social security fraud calls. I get them here endlessly. Doesn't matter how many we try to block. And I'm serious. You senior citizens out there, there's a little footnote. Anybody calls you on the phone about uh, social security, hang up immediately. We're calling from the Social Security Administration. We want you to know you're a... Hang up! We're calling you about Medicare. Hang up! They want to reach you. They know how to get a hold of you. Not by phone. Just saying. Public service announcement. All right. Let's see. Do we have any other Trump-hating, let's impeach him callers? Brilliant people, no doubt. We have a retired Air Force officer... From KKAT country. Ed, Riverton, Utah, you want to see the president impeached? Go right ahead, sir. No, I, I, they got me mixed up. I wanted to criticize uh, Midvid or whatever the guy's name is. Oh, I'm was. sorry. They said that you, uh, you, you supported it. Go ahead. The guy's no, name I, is uh, I, I, it's, uh, Vinman. Vinman, yeah. I, I'm a retired, decorated military officer, so I feel free to be able to criticize him. Thank you, sir. And um, I Well, he has a Purple Heart, you know. I don't have a Purple Heart, but I'm decorated with a Meritorious Service Medal. Thank you. And he, anyway, uh, I wanted to say that I think this guy... Sounds like you bombed the crap out of somebody, and I want to thank you for that. Anyway, go right ahead. I, I wanted to say that uh, I think this guy is subject to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and I'm sure you know what that is, but... That is the laws under which military personnel are subject. To how they're supposed Whether. to conduct themselves, including loyalty to the commander-in-chief. Correct. This guy, went, there's something in the, in the military, and I had a secret clearance, of course a lot of people do, but uh, there's something in the military that says need to know. You may have a secret clearance, but that doesn't mm-hmm. entitle people to know anything. Now, if this guy, this lieutenant colonel, and I, by the way, I was higher ranked than him, but if, if he went, and from what I can understand... You were a full colonel? No, but I had a data rank higher than his. I did. All right. Very good. But anyway, I was a lieutenant colonel. Thank you. But um, anyway, I, um, if he went outside the chain of command, number one, and number two, if he shared information with a person that had no need to know, which may have been that, quote, whistleblower, and this guy, I think may be subject to the UCMJ and might be subject to courts martial. You're exactly right. Nobody's allowed to say that, of course. I believe that uh, he needs to be a witness. He needs to be questioned. Uh, I believe uh, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Hickman, who knows this man and feels very uh, strongly that he... uh, uh, was uh, was very negative about his own country when he was talking to the Russians and so forth, that I believe he should testify, the Republicans should call him. Let's get it all out in the open right now. And I, you're exactly right. What information did he share? What information did he share? And by the way, he said he was giving advice to the Ukrainians on how to deal with uh, Giuliani and the President of the United States. That's not what he's supposed to be doing. Exactly. Exactly right. That, he shared information and was, quote, if he was doing any kind of negotiation with a foreign country, uh, he stepped way out of line. But you make another good point. This CIA operative, getting secondhand information, he wasn't cleared specifically to be a monitor in this phone call with two presidents, our president and the president of Ukraine. So it is important to know, 
with whom that information was shared and by whom. Yeah, it's an excellent point. Anyway, I want to thank you for your service, my friend. Much well, appreciated. Thank you for, I'm thanking you for yours. Well, nothing like yours, and I, and I, really, uh, I really do appreciate it. Thank you, and you take care of yourself. Let's continue, shall we? I asked Earl, any liberals out there, you want to impeach the president, you need to tell us why and based on what exactly. Jerry, Passaic, New Jersey, the great WABC, go. Unfortunately, I'm cursed with having four sisters, brother-in-laws and nephews, which are all are descendants of Marx and Ingalls. That is and awful. Three of them are in California. One is in Oregon. That's all you need to know. Every time I, everything is wonderful. How could it be wonderful if those states are going to hell in a handbasket? You're right. And as for what's going on here, this is reminiscent of the old Soviet Union when they were, you know, they had all these other uh, former countries and satellites. That's point number one. Point number two, mm-hmm. what's going on? You're guilty until proven innocent. That's based on French law. We're based on English common law. You're right. Again. And not, and not, you know, not Napoleonic law. That's what happened. That's the reign of terror. They all must be descendants of Napoleon's reign of terror over here. Because that's the way it seems. Well, the reign of terror really was the French Revolution. And that reign of terror went on for 10 years, overlapping with the American Revolution. They were two very different revolutions. And Edmund Burke writes about that how he supported the American Revolution, because the American Revolution, just to give a thumbnail sketch, was not intended to destroy the culture and destroy the society. The changes in the culture and the society had already occurred gradually, civilly, over the course of the prior 100 to 150 years. In France, it wasn't just the overthrowing of the monarchy. It was the complete disembowelment of the culture and the society for 10 years, they, they would make the point that blood ran in the state, the guillotine never stopped, uh, ran in the streets, the guillotine never stopped. Huge difference between the French Revolution and the American Revolution. I completely agree with and you. And you're right, I mean, these, these, these leftists are French revolutionaries. They are the, la- they're the, what, what do they call those? Those were, um, I forgot uh, the name, the Jacobins. The Jacobins, yes, J-A-C-O-B-I-N-S, Jacobins. And that's what they are, and they're, they're no damn good. And unfortunately, every time I go out there, I, I don't want to go and have anything to do with them anymore. When I go out there, they give an opinion. As soon as I give my opinion, I'm into uh, sentence number two. I, I will tell you this, Jerry, to bring this to a head before I take a break. I am hoping that Elizabeth Warren is the nominee of the Democrat Party. I am hoping he's the nominee that she's the nominee of the Democrat Party so we can have this battle between capitalism and socialism and really go at it. Jerry, I want to thank you very, very much for your call. I appreciate it. Jerry's a bright guy. Unfortunately, uh, his family, not so much. But that's not his fault. So Nancy Pelosi and her Politburo, led by comrade Adam Schiff, or as they like to call him, A-S-S, Adam Schiff S., announced their formal impeachment inquiry, despite knowing how rapidly unpopular it would be. We all know this is just another sleazy tactic to try and appease their small, radical base. That would be the media. And to get taxpayer-funded opposition research out of the House of Representatives for the 2020 election. Now, predictably, the leftist media have been lavishly supporting this clown show, 
And they refuse to cover the real news. News like Biden's son. Shady dealings. Like Biden's IQ. Regressing every single day. Like Elizabeth Warren. Professor Dumb as a Rock. And on and on and on. No. What about Red China? And what Red China's up to? Well, the facts behind the so-called whistleblower. You know, at Levin TV, we cover it all. We cover actual news. And we separate news from opinion. You'll know when I give my opinion. And we cover things that really matter in your life. And I personally break it down. I provide context, history, philosophy, and so much more. And I don't pretend to be anything but a patriotic American who believes in our principles. We don't have sponsors or commercials, nor Big Brother looking over our shoulder, dictating what we cover. I decide, period. Completely beholden to you. And you alone. Why don't you give us a try? Seriously. Give us a try today. Go to levintv.com. L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. Sign up. Enter code Levin. L-E-V-I-N. You'll get $10 off your annual subscription. That's 10%. That's levintv.com. Promo code Levin for 10 bucks off your annual subscription. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Understand these headlines at the Trump rep- at the uh, Drudge Report. Junior outs the whistleblower. No, the whistleblower's been outed for at least two weeks. So Junior just noted it. So what is? How did Junior out the whistleblower? I talked about it last week myself. Real clear investigations. Paul Sperry's been out there. Others have been out there. So no, he didn't out the whistleblower. News outlets grapple with unmasking. Isn't that fascinating? And CIA director in the crosshairs, they're demanding the CIA director defend the phony whistleblower. This is how the left works. This is how the media works. Unfortunately, uh, these headlines fall right into that game, in my humble opinion. I don't know who's writing those headlines over there these days. You know, uh, on the campaign trail... President Trump promised to renegotiate NAFTA to better deliver for American workers, businesses, consumers. And he kept that promise. The U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, USMCA, negotiated by the Trump administration, will replace NAFTA. Now, when NAFTA was signed 26 years ago, no one could have predicted the explosion of innovation and cutting-edge investments, medicine, agriculture, and technology. That's why the deal needed to be updated. And the president's done that. His new trade agreement puts in place strong protections for American innovators and their intellectual property responsible for the medical innovations we take for granted. But Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to rewrite the deal and strip out the intellectual property rights. But without strong protection for U.S. intellectual property rights, foreign freeloaders will continue to take advantage of American innovation. And the investments needed to create needed treatments to, tr- to, to deal with chronic and deadly diseases will be lost. Protecting intellectual property protects the jobs of Americans who are working to create a better health future. And it protects the incentive to innovate and take risks. Republicans should stand firm and make sure this free trade deal keeps America's interests at the forefront. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com TrueHealthCareFacts.com TrueHealthCareFacts.com, a liberal who wants 
Trump impeached. Mike, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Quickly, go. Hey, John Bolton called it a drug deal, and I think uh, just about every American. How do you know that? Uh, because it's been reported widely the same. Uh, excuse me, has John, has, John, has John Bolton testified? Uh, no, he hasn't. Have you well, been privy to any of the testimony? You've it it doesn't about? work that way, pal. That's not how our system works. That, and I'm not privy to what John Bolton said because John Bolton didn't say anything. Or anybody else. You Mark. have an individual saying what John Bolton said. That's called hearsay. John Bolton what? hasn't said a damn thing. That's all you've talked about today is hearsay. No, what I've talked about is what people have said, and I've attacked it. You, you take you it so? at face value. You'd be pretty bad in a courtroom, man. I'll tell you what. You're charged with some. Oh, yeah, I have an opinion on that. You have any first-hand knowledge? No. You're telling me what John Bolton said. You're regurgitating what the media has regurgitated to you from Adam Smith. But let's play along. Let's say John Bolton said it's uh, equivalent to a drug deal. What does that mean? It, it, it means that if Barack Obama had offered... All right, I'm not talking about Barack Obama. What does that mean? You brought it up drug deal. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? Sure. He was trying to buy dirt using American taxpayer dollars. First of all, that's not a drug deal, trying to buy dirt using American taxpayer dollars. Did you read the transcript, sir? Uh, Yes. Where does it say that he was trying to uh, buy dirt with American tax? I'd lower that a little bit, Mr. Producer. You're blowing out my eardrums. Where does it say that in the transcript, sir? First of all, it wasn't a transcript. It didn't no, it mean wasn't. That the relevant portions were cut out. It was given by all. testimony that somebody has no first-hand knowledge of anything. Like I said, you guys don't even know why you want to impeach this president. You will hang on to anything. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 3813811 All right. Let's uh let me see. What do I want to hit here? There's a lot to hit. We have a uh, Molly Hemingway over at the Federalist. Now, you know, I wrote an entire book called Unfreedom of the Press. And there are articles starting to pop up everywhere about unfreedom of the press, not the book, but that it's unfree. Starting to see those on the Federalist, too. And her piece is called Trump Derangement is Destroying Political Analysis. The last four years of political punditry and analysis have been objectively wretched. Regardless of your feelings about the present political moment, precisely no one can defend the quality of analysis that dominates the airwaves and pages of our corporate media. They told us throughout the 2016 campaign that the notion of Donald Trump winning the presidency was a joke. The mockery increased as Election Day drew near. From the Washington Post, quote, Donald Trump's chances of winning are approaching zero, unquote. At 8.20 p.m. on election night, the New York Times assured us that, quote, Hillary has an 85% chance of winning, unquote. 
They gave Hillary a 95% chance of winning Michigan, a 93% chance of winning Wisconsin, and an 89% chance of winning Pennsylvania. They declared, in other words, that the probability of Trump winning all three of those states, which he did, was 0.04%. Their numerical confidence colored their reporting throughout the campaign in ways that materially supported their political cohorts, chiefly Hillary Clinton. Then they responded to their humiliating failure to understand the election by rolling into a series of delusional conspiracy theories they claimed explained his victory. While failing to understand the country you're paid big bucks to understand is humiliating, admitting their failure would have been a better alternative to the spiral of Trump derangement that grips many of our media and continues to make their political analysis a joke. Our low quality of punditry and analysis is on display in the crimeless impeachment that they are currently pushing to mix success. Democrats and other resistance members are absolutely on board. The rest of the country, not so much. Coverage of a new poll out from Monmouth beautifully illustrates how Trump derangement destroys what should be simple political analysis. The poll was brutal for impeachment fans in the media. Just less than 60% of respondents agreed that, quote, people who want Trump out of office should just vote him out next year instead of going through impeachment, unquote. 73% of little or no trust in the impeachment process. And 60% say Democrats are more interested in bringing down Trump than in learning the facts. The numbers on the question for Democrats, which many in the media completely ignored, are even worse. Trump approvers, 43% of respondents, were asked if he could do anything that would make them disapprove of him. Of that group, 62% said there's nothing he could do to make them disapprove of his job performance. That's the question media are focusing on to prove how stupid and tribal those Republican voters are. But Trump disapprovers, 51% of the respondents, were similarly asked, If Trump could ever do anything aside from resigning that would make them approve of his job performance, guess what? 70% of disapprovers said there's nothing he could possibly do to earn their approval of his job performance. So if one wants to argue that one party is mindlessly tribal, the numbers clearly show that the anti-Trump resistance is the most mindless and tribal faction in American politics today. The actions of the resistance only prove this point, from refusing to accept the election results, to fighting the Electoral College, to fascinating about ousting Trump via the 25th Amendment, to supporting an unelected and unaccountable resistance in the bureaucracy, to the dangerous and eventually debunked Russia collusion hoax that spawned a damaging special counsel probe, to the most recent incarnation of their multi-year impeachment efforts. But wouldn't a better analysis merely note that people in political parties tend to support their party's top official and oppose the opposing party's top official? That's actually quite normal. For example, Democrats largely supported President Bill Clinton, even after he was caught lying under oath, suborning perjury, obstructing justice in an investigation over sexual assault allegations and impeached and sanctioned by the U.S. Supreme Court. He's also sanctioned by the Arkansas Supreme Court, which ripped away his law degree. How much less surprising, then, is it 
that Republican voters are standing by President Trump, who hasn't been accused by Congress of breaking any law, let alone committing a high crime or misdemeanor, warning removal from office. Is it surprising that Republican voters support President Trump after he has accomplished much of what they elected him to do and has done so in the face of unprecedented resistance operations and years of false accusations of being a traitor to the United States? It's not surprising to anyone who has ever followed any era of politics since the U.S. founding. Failure to treat Republican voters or their president as normal is making a mockery of political analysis. Well, it's actually much, much broader than that. Political analysis, political reporting, news reporting is a joke in this country. An absolute joke. I thought about going back to chapter one of Unfreedom of the Press. And maybe I will Thursday or Friday. But it's a very, very important chapter in the book, the first chapter, because it lays out just how partisan the media are by ideology, by geography, by party affiliation, political affiliation, by relationships, including family relationships, in and out of government. It's absolutely, really quite amazing. Now, I want to take a little bit of an early break, because when we come back, I want to tell you about Media Matters. Uh, how other entities like the Huffington Post, the Hollywood Reporter, and so forth, get so much of their news from Media Matters and the types of organizations that fund Media Matters. We'll be right back. We have uh, David Brock. Really strange individual. I knew David Brock years ago. A very strange person. In fact, most of the people of Media Matters. Low IQ, strange, left-wing hacks. And for them, the organization really isn't Media Matters. The title of the organization should be We Feed the Media and They Regurgitate What We Say. Excellent piece two years ago, by Brian Maloney and Melanie Morgan. And they wrote this. For Angelo Carasone, president of Media Matters for America, seemingly doesn't get any worse than this. In his role overseeing a so-called progressive organization that is at the center of nearly every takedown of conservative and moderate commentators, you'd think Carasone's own words would be carefully considered. Instead, his past writings are overtly racist, anti-Semitic, and oddly anti-gay. As an investigation by the Daily Caller reveals, a top executive of Media Matters for America and the principal activist in the Stop Rush campaign made racist and anti-Semitic comments and disparaged trainees on a dormant blog that he wrote several years prior to his prominent liberal activism career, unquote. In past entries... Carasone made derogatory remarks about ethnic groups and used language to insult trannies and ugly gays, his words, not mine, that almost certainly be considered hate speech by his own organization. In another October 20, 2005 post, Carasone made an overtly anti-Semitic remark. You know, he qualifies for the New York Times. Quote, thanks to my adorable boyfriend, come on, despite his Jewry, you know he's adorable, 
My interest in Comedy Central's hit TV show South Park has begun to pick up again, Carasone wrote. Follow the money. As they pursued the leads and leaks generated during Watergate that nearly resulted in an impeachment hearing in 1974, it's the first thing Washington Post editor Ben Bradley taught a young Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. To learn how this mysterious organization, Media Matters, generates its massive war chest and ability to weaponize information for the personal destruction against those in the public arena. In 2017, Media Equalizer is following the same trail of breadcrumbs. Media Matters for America, the money trail. According to the New Republic, Media Matters attacks conservative media while protecting Bill and Hillary Clinton, and they do the same now with respect to Obama and Schiff and all the Democrats and leftists. And Chairman David Brock's ability to raise money for his network of organizations, the latter has been instrumental. His empire of smear also includes the website ShareBlue, formerly Blue Nation Review, and Super PACs, Correct the Record, and American Bridge. Relying on tax returns and websites of wealthy U.S. foundations, a Daily Caller investigation has revealed the sources of more than $28.8 million in funding collected by the liberal organization since 2003. Remember, this was written two years ago. The year before its formal incorporation. Now the figures show a principally foundation-driven, not citizen-supported activist group. And who are these people? The list of its foundation funders, 120 in all, reads like a who's who of American progressive movement. Including the far-left Tides Foundation which gave them over the years $4,384,000. George Soros, Open Society Institutes, over a million dollars. The Ford Foundation, almost a million dollars. The Sandler Foundation, 400000 endowed by subprime mortgage lenders Herb and Marion Sandler, who once bankrolled the embattled since defunct Acorn Organization. And the Schumann Fund for Media and Democracy, 600000 managed by longtime PBS host Bill Moyers and his son, and that Moyers boy, sleazy as they get. They also include the anti-George W. Bush organizations, such as MoveOn.org, 50,000, the Barbara Streisand Foundation, 85,000, the Kids Shoes Powered Stride Right Charitable Foundation, 25,000, the Lear Foundation, 55,000, endowed by the TV producer, People for American Way founder Norman Lear, and the Joyce Foundation, 400,000, whose board of directors included Barack Obama from 1994 to 2002. Now, the Daily Caller Foundation investigation also revealed that the ARCA Foundation, A-R-C-A, a Democratic-aligned group, made a 50,000 grant to Media Matters in 2006 for the specific purpose of fact-checking religious broadcasters. Previously, ARCA had given Media Matters an additional 100000 in startup funding. But in the larger context of the $53.4 million the organization has raised since 2003, $150,000 is the drop in the proverbial bucket. And it's worse than that, actually. We don't know everything because they hide a lot in the forms when they file with the IRS. This group is very upset with me today, ladies and gentlemen. Very upset with all the things going on in there. They're very upset that I supported a local candidate for the state senate in my own community. As well as other local candidates. 
And you see, I violate the rules at Fox, they said. Let me explain something to them and the whole world. I didn't violate any rules, number one. Number two is I will, I will never be silenced, ever. These left-wing billionaire and millionaire people, these Marxist socialists, these anti-Americans, they don't get to tell me what to do. Nobody does. While they use taxpayer-subsidized funds through their phony IRS foundation to advance the cause of Marxism, socialism, all the isms that undermine our society with the real intention of backing candidates. They don't attack leftists. They don't attack Democrats. No. They think they're going to silence me? Let me tell them a little secret. A little secret. If I'm ever yanked off the air because of anything that Media Matters does, I will sue them. I will sue them. Oh, yes, I will. For interfering with my contract. For the purpose of putting me out of business. And I will use the full power of discovery to find out everything. On their emails, on their text messages, on their documents, on their phone calls. And I will conduct the depositions myself. And I will conduct depositions with video cameras going. And I will make everything public. And we'll get to the bottom of Soros and Steyer and Streisand and all of it. Once and for all. Once and for all. That's what we'll do. If I want to support a friend who's running for the state senate, well, damn it, I will do it. I should have done more for him. If I want to support my local sheriff, then damn it, I will do it. And nobody on this planet's going to stop me. No corporation, no left-wing group funded by billionaire American-hating pukes. Nobody. Let alone these people and their misogyny and their anti-Semitism and all the rest of it ain't ever going to happen. I can assure you of that, ladies and gentlemen. Period. I know the law. I know how to litigate. I know the Constitution. I know my contracts. I know everything. There is to know about what I do. We know nothing about media matters. And I am telling you, through discovery, we will know everything. Everything. Period. I'll be right back. They can clone the others, but there's only one Mark Levin. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. See, you don't sue a group like this for defamation as a public official. You sue him for tortious interference. Tortious interference with my business relationship and my contract. Can you imagine my deposing the funders of Media Matters like George Soros? I go right down the list. 
and I would demand their records too. It would be a gold mine. And then, of course, I would sue them for the value of my contract as well as additional damages. I'd put them out of business. And I would track down their funders. And I would get all... I'm, I'm almost salivating over this. I have to be honest with you. But if people are trying to destroy you, trying to get you fired, trying to destroy your, your, your business relationship, your contract, and so forth, and that's their purpose, trying to put you out of business, well, there is legal recourse. And this is a pattern with Media Matters when it comes to conservative talk show hosts, when it comes to Fox hosts. But I've had it up to here, right here, pointing to my eyes. So we'll be monitoring Media Matters now. I haven't been monitored. People send me stuff that they put, but we'll be monitoring them. And we'll continue to watch the pattern and the motivation and what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Uh, because uh, they don't know who they're messing with, quite frankly. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't care. It's okay by me. You know, for, here's something important. Cyber thieves are stealing American homes. Now, guess where your home's legal title and mortgage documents are kept? Online, wide open, for the whole world to see. Your signature and everything thieves need to take over ownership of your home is easily available online. Thieves forge your name off the title, then refile the deed so it appears you sold it. Then they go to unscrupulous lenders and borrow money using your home's equity. Then they disappear and stick you with the payments. You see, you still have to pay for it. Banks, insurance, and identity theft programs don't protect you. Home Title Lock does. Home Title Lock puts a virtual firewall around your home's title and mortgage. And they monitor the black market to see if your home is for sale. Your home's equity is your retirement, your emergency fund. So let me help you protect it with 60 risk-free days of Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and enter your address to see if you're already a victim. And if you're not, you want to enter your address so you can get the free 60 days of Home Title Lock. Defend yourself. Defend yourself. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. It's almost Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. I have family members that fight with each other over cooking. I don't mean loud and... They just love to cook. I hate to cook. I don't know how to cook. But I do love to eat. So I just stay away. They're in the kitchen. Everybody's working away. I know it's going to taste great. I'm watching football or reading or taking a nap or whatever it is. I love, that's why I love Thanksgiving. People love to cook. I love to eat. And you see family. That's another reason. So I love Thanksgiving. So may I make a recommendation to you? The holidays are coming up, starting with Thanksgiving. I talked to my publisher, Simon & Schuster. And I said to them, I want to make sure there's enough books in the bookstores and on Amazon for Levinites 
to get copies of Unfreedom of the Press. Those of you who don't have it, I just want to strongly encourage you to read it, truly. You'll really have be able to wrap your head around what's going on. Just look at the five stars. I have a 4.9 rating out of five. Despite liberals going on, they're trying to trash the book. Almost 3,000 ratings. The vast, overwhelming majority are five stars. Look at the comments of the serious people. I think it's going to really, really help you get through all this. It really is. But if you have a copy, take a copy to Thanksgiving. I don't mean to start an argument. You may have family members who generally agree with you, who are sitting on the fence. Those are the ones I'm talking about, not the lunatics. Not the lunatics. Give them the uh, broccoli. I'm not into broccoli. Give them the broccoli or the kale or whatever. You don't waste a book on them. Maybe you're going to go to Thanksgiving and there's a teenager or a college student. Maybe somebody from across the country. Family member who you really adore. Give them a copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It's so relevant to the upcoming election. It's so relevant to this impeachment farce that's going on here. And it's so relevant that virtually every host in talk radio and on Fox has used it. Some with attribution, most without. But we've talked about it. But there's nothing like reading it or having it as a reference guide to get through all this. So I want to encourage you, you can go to Amazon.com. It's still 41% off because they're still selling it. Barnes & Noble has it. Any good, reputable bookstore has it. Unfreedom of the Press. Again, I want to encourage you. And it's also a perfect gift for Christmas and Hanukkah. Perfect gift. It's very inexpensive. By the time you take 41% off, it's like less than 17 bucks. That's pretty good. It beats a tie in socks, doesn't it? What's inside the cover. I've had people come up to me and thank me for writing this book. I don't mean people who just buy it to have it on their desk, who've actually read it. I've had crew members on Levin TV, one gentleman in particular, great guy, has come up to me and he said, you know, I started your book about three months ago. I finished it over the weekend. I'm going to tell you, I want to thank you for writing that book. People, I mean... I've written many books. The only time I can remember that happening was really with two other books, Rescuing Sprite and Liberty and Tyranny. And now, Unfreedom of the Press. There's a reason why Unfreedom of the Press, in all forms, has sold one and a half million copies. It is the biggest selling conservative book in 2019. It is the biggest so-called political book in 2019. And of course, it's the biggest book that Simon & Schuster has had, nonfiction. Maybe fiction too, but nonfiction for sure in 2019. And there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. There's a lot of people in radio, you know, some people I know quite well, who have never mentioned the book. It's never crossed their lips. But it doesn't matter. There's some friends on Fox who've never mentioned the book. It's never crossed their lips. But it doesn't matter. It's word of mouth. It's you. It's this program. So if you appreciate what I say on this program or on my Life, Liberty, and Levin or Levin TV, if you've appreciated past books, particularly Liberty and Tyranny, 
this is the closest thing to liberty and tyranny that I've written. And I think I wrote that book, I'm trying to think, 11 years ago? No, 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 10 years ago. On freedom of the press. I think it's so crucially important. I had another project I was going to write about, and I said, no, 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 i got to deal with this. And I break it down, why the press is what it is today, what the press used to be through our history, the patriot press at the very beginning, the pamphleteers, the early newspapers, uh, how we've gone from that to this. I get into it very, very deeply, but I've also made the book entertaining, readable, digestible. So it's not a heavy, heavy lift. And if you want to do more research on the issues that I raise, there are hundreds of endnotes in the back of the book. You can ignore them or you can go to them and look them up yourself. You hear a lot of people writing about now and talking about now, the Democrat Party press and the Democrats in the press. What you'll find when you read Unfreedom of the Press is it's all throughout there. That's where they're getting it from. The fact that they don't distinguish between news and opinion They're getting it from the book. I lay out the case, and I provide you with the evidence. Fake news, the president is so right. That term is so perfect. 1961, as you know, the term pseudo-news or pseudo-press was developed and coined, which is very, very similar. And I get into that deeply, as well as propaganda. We talk about that in the book. But who are these people in the media? Who are their relatives? Where do they come from? What does journalism school teach them? And on and on and on. So I think you're going to, if you haven't read it, you're going to love it. And if you have somebody in mind over Thanksgiving, now's the time to acquire it. As I said, I spoke to the publisher last week. And they promised me there's enough books on Amazon because they run out. And there's enough books in Barnes & Noble, among other retailers, Books A Million and so forth. Uh, where they should be available. But they do run out, and they can run out, and they will run out, particularly with Christmas and Hanukkah coming. So please, please acquire it now. I'll be right back. Mark Oh, yeah. Now here's Juliana from Austin, Texas, raving about her amazing transformation thanks to Genesel. I cannot get over how much and how quickly Genesel's helped me. The jawline cream has made my jaw and neck two separate body parts for the first time in a decade. And my bags and puffiness are gone. It really is the skin's foundation of youth. That is, fountain of youth. Thank you, Genesel, for making me look and feel young again. Now it's your turn, folks, to see results guaranteed and the best of all, risk-free. Chaminade is clearing out their inventory before the holiday season. Order Genesol jawline treatment with MDL technology packed with natural peptides to target those annoying turkey neck and uh, problems, among others, and get the classic Genesol for bags and puffiness absolutely free. Free. And for results in 12 hours, the Genesol immediate effects also free. Now, this once-in-a-year offer is backed by their 60-day 60 60 day 100% money-back guarantee. That's great. Call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Or go to Genesel.com. Genesel.com. That's 800-SKIN-604. 
404 or Genesel.com. Let me show you how the slip and fall ambulance chasing lawyers conduct themselves, how they try to intimidate people. Colin Kambacher, again, Law and Crime is a website, one of many left wing kook websites created by ABC News analyst Dan Abrams. I don't have any time he has to be an analyst if he's going to keep doing these other things. Whistleblower advocates demand obstruction probes, suggest Don Jr. should be immediately arrested. A law firm dedicated to protecting the rights and interests of whistleblowers is demanding a federal investigation into any leaks concerning the intelligence community whistleblower responsible for alerting the public to President Donald Trump's alleged attempts to extort Ukrainian officials via quid pro quo. Oh, that's very honest. That's a really well-written paragraph there, Colin, or is it colon? I think it's colon. I think colon works for the legal analyst, don't you, Mr. Producer? A letter authored by the namesake partners at Con, Con, and Calapintin. Con, Con, that's pretty good, and Calapinto. Con, Con, and Calapintin. Who can name a better law firm than this? Called on Attorney General William Barr to open a criminal investigation. Any leaks of the whistleblower's identity. (coughs) Excuse me. Law and Crime obtained a copy of the letter Wednesday. No, they didn't obtain it. It was given to them by these hack lawyers. As attorneys representing whistleblowers for over 35 years, we're extremely concerned about the nationwide chilling effect. Disclosure of the identity of any intelligence community whistleblower necessarily cause. Two-page letter begins. One moment. Whistleblowers need to reassurance they have a spelling error, but the laws protecting them will be strictly enforced. Alarm bells went off in full fashion late Wednesday morning after Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out an article, which may or may not have contained the name of the intelligence community whistleblower. Donald Trump Jr. is probably the four millionth person to read about this whistleblower's name. But they're attacking a Trump. And they're trying to threaten you and scare you. They don't threaten me and scare me. Do they threaten you and scare you? The White House later claimed they had no knowledge of or intent to join the younger Trump's efforts to out the person. The person has been outed. And the person has, who has been outed, if he's not the whistleblower, just say so. Let's try it this way. I'm not the whistleblower. Are you, Mr. Producer? He's not. How about you, Madam Call Screener? Are you a whistleblower? No, she's not. How about you in the audience? Are you the whistleblower? No, 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 no. Ten million of you say no. Okay, that was simple, right? I am not the whistleblower. Okay, is this guy the whistleblower? We're not commenting. Oh. But we want a criminal investigation, and we want Don Jr. arrested. These must really be good lawyers, don't you think? The lawyer's letter singles out the 45th president's oldest son. By the way, we will have the 45th president's oldest son on Life, Liberty, and Levin. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Write down. 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 5 p.m. Pacific Time. No longer 10 p.m. The attorneys point Barr's attention to a federal obstruction of justice statute specifically key toward protecting whistleblowers. This law, the letter notes, was amended to explicitly prevent retaliation against whistleblowers over 15 years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. This is an impeachment process, you idiots. The Constitution trumps, may I say, 
your damn statute and your damn whistleblower and your phony concerns. We the people have a right to know who this person is. You phony lawyers, other phony lawyers, others, use the whistleblower statute to try and create a, uh, to try and put this guy in camouflage. That is, to try and protect his identity. Not because they're concerned about him blowing the whistle. No. Because they're concerned he'll give up Schiff and Schiff's staff. Maybe he was talking to Vinman earlier. Who the hell else was he talking to? There's a lot to know about this whistleblower. This is why they're trying to intimidate us. We won't be intimidated. The two cons and Calipinto also delivered a glancing blow against President Trump himself. This felony would also qualify as a high crime. Shut up, you idiots! You navel-gazing buffoons. You circle ambulance chasers. We don't need lectures from you clowns. You think you have a case? Bring a lawsuit. You don't. You have a lawsuit? There may be a countersuit. Oh, we have represented uh, whistleblowers for 35 years, and uh, we want, uh, you know, according to this article, we want uh, Donald Trump uh, arrested. Wow. Clowns. The Washington, D.C. clown show, and then you have these, uh, uh, these clowns, uh, in my view, with law degrees. How dare you call us that? Well, I could call you worse, actually. Let's see here. Let us go to Ken, Chicago, Illinois. How are you, Ken? I'm fine. Yeah, you asked uh, for uh, bases for impeachment. Yes. Um, I've, I've got three. The first is abuse of power. Oh. Once, uh, once the president uh, requested a favor of the Ukrainian president that would benefit him personally. How would it benefit him personally? How would it benefit him personally? Information the favor he asked for was about the 2016 campaign and nothing to do I'm with Joe Biden. Sir, oh, I no, wish he, I had more he, time. He Call me tomorrow. I got to go. But, you know, you got to know what you're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. The favor that they asked for had nothing to do with Biden. See you then. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.